Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the mat with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Welcome to episode 95. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas, and today we have Helson Gracie's fourth degree black belt, Nathan Ziegler. He has owned Gracie, Arizona for over 20 years, besides being the owner of Copperhead CrossFit. Nathan shared how organic was his process of making a living with jiu-jitsu. He just wanted to teach and he didn't plan on having a business. However, his classes grew and, as he said, with a combination of luck, timing, hard work, and being surrounded by the right people, things started to shape up. When I asked him about what a piece of advice he would give to a younger version of himself, his answer inspired me to title this episode, Surround Yourself with the Right People. Stick around for my final thoughts after the interview when I expand on the topic, Surround Yourself with the Right People. Stay tuned right after Jiu-Jitsu Tribe's message. Oos. The BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization Jiu-Jitsu Tribe, formerly Live Jiu-Jitsu. Jiu-Jitsu Tribe supports social projects who offer free Jiu-Jitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults in impoverished communities, inspiring, impacting, and improving their lives, keeping them away from drugs and crime, creating hope, and creating champions on and off the mats. Your donation helps projects to pay for their monthly expenses and facility makeovers. As a supporter, the BJJ Mental Coach donate all the profit of all online courses and merchandise to Jiu-Jitsu Tribe. For more information, please visit www.jujitsutribe.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Nathan Ziegler. Nathan is a fourth-degree black belt under Helson Gracie and one of the Arizona Jiu-Jitsu community trailblazers. He is a 2020 European Championship silver medalist. Nathan has owned Gracie, Arizona for over 20 years. In 2013, Nathan founded Copperhead CrossFit and has grown into one of the leading CrossFit locations in Arizona. Nathan is married and is the proud father of twin daughters. Nathan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Gustavo. Thanks for having me. We go way back, you know, since I'm part of like one of the people that came in the beginning in Arizona for the jiu-jitsu, but you're here before me, so we're going to talk about that too. And we're recording this in March of 2020, so we might be listening to this 10 years ago and then say like, oh, yeah, I remember when the coronavirus thing was going out. So that's what is happening right now. Yes, sir. So my school just closed, yours too. So dealing with the madness, eh? It's crazy world we're in right now, that's for sure. Yeah. So tell us how jiu-jitsu show up in your life. Did you practice any other martial arts before? I've never done anything else. No. Um, the, the, the way that I got involved in jiu-jitsu was UFC 2. So I was living in Philadelphia at the time. They had on the uh, pay-per-view uh, commercial showing UFC 1. And I would watch it every time it came on. I was just like, man, look at this. Every single time it came on. So I reached out to a buddy and I was like, hey, let's watch this. He had watched UFC 1 and said it was fake. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right. And I kept watching, kept watching. Finally, the day of UFC 2, I call him and I say, hey, 
I've got a 12 pack of beer and I got the, the UFC too. He came over, we watched, we enjoyed it. And I joined within a couple months of that. That's wow. how UFC, that's how, uh, you know, jujitsu found me. And my first exposure to jujitsu ever, Helson was teaching a seminar and I got to sit there and watch him. So right my, my grandmaster from day one. Yeah. And uh, what year was that? That was 1994. Wow. I'm old. Long, long time, man. <laughs> so how do you feel jujitsu relates to life? When you look back into all these years practicing, the impact I made in your life, what do you think? You know, jujitsu just get, prepares you for so many things. Uh, mentally, physically, spiritually, it, it just helps you in all ways of life. Um, there's so many times where you'll see a couple people might square off on each other and it's just out of fear of looking weak. And the whole situation could be avoided if at least one of them was comfortable with walking away knowing I don't need to do this. So I, I think it helps you develop a, a sense of calmness and confidence that you don't have to prove yourself to other people, where I think a lot of time an altercation happens because they feel like they need to prove or, or they just don't want to look like a punk. And when you reach a certain level with jujitsu, you don't really care. You can just easily walk away from it and say, you know, I'm, I'm not bruised up and I feel fine. And that person's not hurt either. So we're good to go there. So I think physically it allows you to defend your family. It allows you to defend yourself or a friend that might not be able to. I think mentally it prepares you for tough situations where you might be stuck. Uh, let's say somebody's got a good side mount on you and you're crushed down there and you learn to live and fight out of it. Same thing within life. If something gets you down and it's really pulling you down, you just figure out how to get through it and the mental toughness that comes along with it. Uh, I don't know if there's anything better. You know, I, I, I tell my kids when we teach all the time, jujitsu makes you tough. It just toughens you up in all aspects of life. Yeah, the emotional resilience, right? That you go, especially in the beginning of jujitsu, that your first six months, that's like the, the toughest part, you know, and just developing that in the beginning, that not quitting mentality. And it's hard. And what he said about the, the fights, I was watching a video, um, was I think um, with Hero and Hannah Gracie. And they're saying how uh, uh, usually fights happen for two reasons. It's either alcohol or ego. And I was like, that is true. You know what I mean? We're going to be <laughs> yeah. one or the other. We, we don't want, like, you know, like, the, don't want to walk away. You know what I mean? So the ego is there or maybe just blast it. It will know better and then we get in each yep. other. It's, <laughs> it's <true>. so true. <laughs> so uh, when did you have the spark to start Teaching, let's say jujitsu, let's say you start realize that okay, I think I can do this for a living. Well, everything happened organically for me. I never, I never set out to run a school. Um, when I when I first started teaching, it was because my instructor Steve Maxwell's, who ran Maxercise back in the day, Steve was running late, and it was a midday class. I was there. I was supposed to be working, but. You know, I was doing jujitsu instead and nobody else wanted to start the warm up. So I started the warm up, and from there, Steve shows up 
20, 30 minutes late, sees that we're already moving. He's like, just finish the class. Great, I'll finish the class. I covered a lot of classes after that. So then I fell in love with teaching. I never planned on opening a school so that I could make my living off of it. But I, from that moment forward, I wanted to teach. So I loved teaching. When I came to Arizona, <clears throat> uh, Greg Holmes and Brad Parker had the Gracie affiliation with the, so back in the day, you could be affiliated with the Gracie Academy in Torrance. And they had that affiliation. So I couldn't open under them. And what year, a, what year was that? This is 96, I think it was, 95, 96. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they had that association out here. Megaton was out here. And I think Meg might have been one of the only people out here. He was over on mm -hmm. Indian school at that time. And then Jerry Larita split off and you came in and, and uh, I never planned on owning a business. It just kept growing that way, kept going that way. And when Greg and, and Brad decided that they were going to close their shop uh, in 99. What's the name of that, that, that uh, the school again? Fit, uh, what is the name? Was it Guadalupe and something? It wasn't. Yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, that was with um, fitness, Marshall, fitness or something. Yeah. Marshall something. I, I don't remember exactly. Yeah. I wish Greg was here. You could tell us, but yeah, he, he went there and then Greg came over to you guys for a little while mm -hmm. too, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, we, we moved around a couple places cause when we first started, you know, we had, you know, 10, 15, maybe 20 at the most. So we had enough that I could pay somebody some mat space. So went to uh, karate school, rented some mat space, uh, grew a little bit, but then they changed the schedule on us and they kept changing us. So then we moved to another facility that we stayed there for a few months. Uh, we used to call it the dungeon. It was in the back of a, in the back of a warehouse, no AC, no swamp cooler, no heat, just train. And it was wonderful. It was just an amazing place. But uh, they closed down. So then we were fortunate. Walter Van Helder, who's a judo uh, instructor out here, ran, mm -hmm. I think it was, was it Phoenix Judo or something? We, we ended up renting from him for nine years. And we were partnered up with them forever. And then when we got to a certain size, I said, well, we can offer more and better classes to our our community and we moved across the street from from them uh, did a couple more moves as we kept growing kept adding instructors to help cover many more classes one thing led to another we ended up buying you know Gracie Arizona headquarters where we're at right now and it's been a fantastic ride but it it never started where I was going to be a jiu-jitsu instructor mm -hmm. or, or I should say a jiu-jitsu business owner I always wanted to teach, but I, I never planned on growing the business. So uh, through luck, timing, hard work, and surrounding myself with the right people. I, I, I feel that the instructors that help me teach at this school are some of the most amazing people that, that are around walking the planet. So I feel very fortunate there. And how was the mindset when you decided that you want you – and then you decided to just get your own place, you know, to at least lease, get, you know, put your name on, on a lease, right? That's so, yeah, the first time I decided to do the lease was the year, what was it, uh, 2000, let's see, 
12, 10, 8, 2008, somewhere around the time where the, the market crashed, uh, I signed the lease. Mm. And as soon as I signed the lease, I realized, man, the market just crashed and all the stuff's happening. I couldn't believe I did it, but I was so excited to move and do it. We did. That was 2008. And I had been teaching for, you know, we opened in 99. Gracie, Arizona was 99. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at nine years there of making no money. We, I, I did not make a living. I lost money every month paying my rent, doing all that. But I love teaching and I wanted people to be able to come. So it was as much for me to be able to have a place that I enjoyed and I could teach and I could uh, train and do all of that as it was trying to make money. But as soon as we opened our own facility, the classes started to grow and we outgrew the space. So we went from an 1100 square foot mat to uh, almost a 1500 square foot mat. And we grew, we had classes and we had consistency. And then we moved up the street and we had 2200 square foot of mat, same thing consistency, lots of class times, outgrew that. And then we moved into where we are now. So over, you know, four years, the school doubled or tripled in size because we had our own space. We ran it exactly how we wanted to run it. And we were consistent on what the atmosphere was supposed to be, what our classes were, our prices, the, the, you know, instructors, we were very consistent, which I think is a huge need in jujitsu. And for people who don't know, we have a big building. How big is that? Is that building? Uh, our building's almost 14,000 square feet. So the CrossFit is located inside? It is, yes. Um, I have 5,000 square foot of mat space. Mm -hmm. I've got two rooms. The, uh, the main room is about 3,600 square feet. Mm -hmm. And then the second room is uh, about 1,400 square feet. And uh, the overall jujitsu space with the bathrooms and changing rooms, we're, we're about 10,000 square feet, 9,000 square feet there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great facility, man. Thank you, sir. Yeah, so looking back now all these years, of course, you went through we, um, struggles, you know, and being an entrepreneur, things not always happen the way we want. And what did you say? some of the lessons that you had, some of the toughest entrepreneurial experiences that you had, and what did you learn from it? Maybe one that pops up in your mind. Yeah, so I, I think, um, we, you know, I've, I mentioned it before, is uh, who you surround yourself with. We definitely had some instructors that I depended on that I found out later were not who I thought they were, mm -hmm. and they weren't... Uh, treating the school the way that I treat the school. And after they left or were asked to leave, uh, then people would come forward and tell me what was going on. So, uh, so many people are afraid to come to the head instructor or the owner and air a, you know, concern. But once the concern left, then they felt a little bit more free to do it. And I found, I found out that, uh, not really abuse, but just, you know, kind of bow to me type mentality. And I'm running this show right now. And, you know, uh, I, I don't have that in my school. When I walk in, you know, I'm really lighthearted and I'm joking with everybody. And I don't want any type of abuse in the school. If it's, mm -hmm. you know, uh, 
you know, I'm a king type mentality or definitely no uh, physical. Kind of like abuse. a higher belt, lower belt yeah. type of deal. Yeah, there's no hierarchy here. We're all friends. It's like, so like a, uh, it's like bullying in a way. You know what I'm saying? It is. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. And, and we don't have that. It's like, no, we're not going to tolerate it. So when the people left, I found that out. Uh, also just misbehaving with uh, how you would approach some of the, you know, if you're a man, how you would approach some of the women that worked out here and had to, you know, address that. So, you know, the, I've been very fortunate that I haven't had huge uh, struggles. We just keep growing. And like I said, though, the first nine years, Gustavo, I lost money. I didn't make money on my gym. And you had, was, you had a full-time job too. I had a full-time right, job. Yeah. 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 I didn't, I did not go full-time jujitsu until 2012 when I opened this building. And mm-hmm. then I left my job. I was a district pro sales manager for the Home Depot, worked there for 15 years. And leaving them and opening this up was really scary, but it was the right time to do it. And uh, I, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. And it, it, like you said, it was very organic. It's not suddenly just like, let me just quit and, quit and start a new program. It's something that you already were building for a long time. Yes. And then, and then it slowly happened. And we're talking about surrounding yourself with, you know, the right people. And I'd love you to expand a little more on this. For people who are listening right now, they're entrepreneurs, they're starting their entrepreneurial journey. How you see looking back, because uh, this actually even going to go with, because I have a question towards the end saying like, what advice would you, would you give to your younger self? You know, and this could be even a question like, what advice, especially regarding to the surrounding yourself with the right people back in 2012 when you opened this, uh, the, this building? So what did you say? You know, something that you would say you know, to a young version at the same time you passing this to people like, hey, um, this is what I'll suggest around this topic of surrounding yourself with the, with the right people. Well, I, I think they have to have the, the, the same mindset that you do. They have to agree that whatever your vision of your school is, is what their vision is too. I think that you'll have a lot of egos in jujitsu, any martial art. We all have our egos. We all do. But are the egos focused on the same direction for you and your, your gym and your members? And if you are having a power play with somebody else and it's your gym and you are overly influenced by what, by what they're saying, that will affect the outcome of your business. So if you're looking at a strictly business, set your mindset to this is the goal that I have. This is how I want my gym to look and run and make people work with you under those guidelines, not just because they're there. I think... Um, a lot of people forget that the most important person at the gym is the gym. It's, it's not one person. One person isn't more important than the gym. And that's how I always see it. If my students get tired of me teaching, they love having me here, but they don't want to take my classes anymore, but they don't ever want to leave the gym. I'll let everybody else teach the classes, but the gym has to come first. So if a decision that I make, or that one of my instructors makes doesn't better the gym, that's where you've got to make the, the tough call and, and, and 
either replace yourself or your instructor. So that mindset of, you know, I'm on board with how you're running your gym and I support you in every way. I'm not going to backstab you when I'm talking to somebody behind your back or any of that. I don't have that. I feel that all of my people are very upfront and honest with me. The couple that haven't been are no longer here. Um, I, I, you know, of course we've, we've been really fortunate that Gustavo, I, I have, I think 12 white belts to black belts under us and they're all still here teaching. And I, I feel very fortunate. I mean, that's the type of person that I want to surround myself with. It's, you know, 10 to 15 years I've known these people. So I know that they're good and I don't allow a champion to run the school. I allow the school to grow and, and run it. I run the school with the help of all these great people. So if you're going to be overly influenced uh, how you should run and you feel that it's wrong, but you're overly influenced, it's going to affect your school. Yeah. And like I said, the school or any other business, right? I have, especially for the listeners who the hardcore listeners who listen to what 90, um, 95 episodes so far. Uh, maybe sometimes I may be repetitive with some of the material, of course. Uh, but one is the, the, the book, Jim, uh, Jim Collins, Good to Great. And uh, this is one of my favorite ones as far as business. Um, he talks about, I, I brought it up a few times here in the podcast, talking about the, uh, the vision of the bus, which was my main takeaway from that book. Saying that, you know, especially for either for you, or if you are listening right now, and especially we do have a lot of uh, new listeners too, just imagine your business being a bus, whatever kind of bus you want. And in front of the bus, there's the sign. The sign is the vision of the bus, where they're supposed to take them. And in the book, they've been saying, like, even before the, the bus starts moving, Three things need to be aligned. The number one is the right people are on the bus. Um, number two, the right people are sitting on the right seats because, yeah, you may have uh, an incredible quarterback and you put him to be alignment. Like, dude, you should be part of the bus. You're just sitting in the wrong place, you know? And so you got to make sure that they're sometimes they're great uh, kids instructor, but not good adult or vice versa or whatever, you know? And the third one, if whoever's not in alignment with the vision of the bus must leave the bus. And that is the tough part. hundred percent. Especially in jujitsu because we create the personal relationships. You know, usually it's not like you put an ad, Grace, Arizona is hiring. I mean, it exists now, but it's, it's not normal. Usually the normal right. is people being training with you and then they help out. Next things start paying next, you know, and then, just uh, just go not necessarily they they share the same vision or the work ethic or beliefs or whatnot. So that is when the struggle for a lot of the jujitsu school owners go through. I did, you know, you you did in so many because uh, it's it's part of it. It's it's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about habits. So what did you say is a habit that you have that you practice daily that helps you in business, life, any of the areas? Could it be something simple? It doesn't have to be complex. I am very much a fly-by-my-pants type person. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm like, okay, what do I do here? Mm-hmm. I think for the habit, uh, it's just consistency of me being in the gym. I don't have a true habit of making sure I get my sleep in. I'm, I don't have the habit of I'm you know, always riding an air bike every single, I don't, I'm not that type of person. I'm very much kind of fly by the seat of my pants, but I think the, the, the thing for me is to make it a habit to always be in the gym. Even if you're not leading the class, you're still there talking to the parents. You're there talking to the other students. Uh, you're there talking to the instructors, just your presence, I think is so critical for, uh, a gym or any business. You see a lot of people will grow their gym and then they kind of back out of it. I am very fortunate that of the 40, 50, 60 classes a week that we offer that I'm only responsible for most of the kids classes and two or three or four of the adult classes. And then the rest are covered, but I still come down and I, I'm still here and I'm still talking to people. And, and uh, I make sure that they understood they understand that they are not just a payment to me, that I'm here for them, I'm approachable, and that I interact, I try to interact with everybody. I try to make everybody feel comfortable, wanted, uh, and then address any concerns as quickly as I can. So I, I think the, the habit is just being here and, and making sure everybody knows that uh, I'm here because I want to be here, and that I'm glad that they're here. And I think some of the time it's more of a, what I've seen in some jujitsu schools, it's more of a, you're serving the head instructor versus the instructor serving you. Mm-hmm. And that's how I see it. My, my ego is I want my school just to grow and, and everyone be happy and love jujitsu. I don't live through their compliments. I live through my gym being successful and, and a good place to be. And that's what we have. That's what we've succeeded with. Right on. What did you say is the best advice that you ever received? Um, so this was in jujitsu. This was, uh, so when I worked at Depot, I was running a department and one of the people there were, he was really good at his job. But I was new to the position and I was trying to get things done my way and I was trying to put my foot down. And this person had a lot to offer, but I didn't want to listen. Uh, so we would butt heads, but he always got his job done and he did it right. And it, it wasn't a matter of, you know, he wasn't good. I just, I was being me. Uh, his word of advice was um, choose your battles, choose what you're going to, you know, cut your hand off for, and then choose what you're just going to take a slap on the hand for. And it, it still holds to date. I find myself going, I could go in horns blaring, just ready to fight or I can be like, okay, this really isn't that big a deal. I'm going to take it on the chin and absorb this and not make a, a big thing of it because it'll be best for the school. So uh, it's, it's really what you'll put into that, but, choose, you know, 
your battles, mm-hmm. that's that really went a long way for me. And I, I use it uh, a lot more as I've gotten older than I did back then. Back then, I was like, my battle is you're going to do what I said. Mm-hmm. But now it isn't that way. Now it's like, okay, let's let's look at this. So it, that that was a huge thing for me. Yeah. And how old are you now, Nate? 53. Just turned 53. Yeah. And when you look back, you know, uh, when I look to your, your career as, as a teacher, like picking the battles and stuff like that from running the business, not just teaching, so just running the business. Man, a lot of our decisions, um, when you look back, maybe five years ago, 10 years ago, we're just going to shake our head be like, wow, I can't believe I did that. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. part of our process. <laughs> Yep. You know, um, and especially for people who are starting an entrepreneurship journey, understand that you're going to have those moments in a few years. Oh, wow. Yeah. What was I thinking? And we still have these, these moments that maybe in about a year, we're going to look back and still like, oops, yeah, I thought I was doing this right, but wasn't or whatever, you know. And yeah, it's, as you mentioned earlier, we we all have ego. No one uh, let's say can get rid of your ego. You just, you just learn how to live with it and keep it under control. You know, just be aware of when the voice is kicking in and then that's when I have the self-awareness to pick the battle. So like I said, you know, like, you know, what are the short term consequences of this year or possibly long term? Of course, we're not perfect. There's times that we can blow up and not be centered and the sometimes saying something that you know we regret or taking an action but that's part of the journey of the human being you know what i mean no absolutely perfect um i look back and see a lot of the the decisions that i has have made in the past be like yeah i wouldn't make that one right now but at the same time it would not be where we at if you make those decisions and another topic that I mention here very, very often that it's something I do my best to practice that I've been trying to practice for the past few years. And not, it's not an easy one, but it's uh, not label things so much as negative or positive or more just experience because life experience, sometimes something that happens that it's a undesired outcome that we call negative and sometimes you, that you call negative five years ago when you look right now, be like, man, that was a blessing. Glad you know it wasn't good when it happened. You know what I mean? It sucked. So that's why I do my best to try to keep stress under control of like when undesired outcome happened, like right now with the with the virus. Talk about an undesired outcome. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, like hardest decision no I've control. ever had to make, dude. You know, so right now it's it. I think the best thing if you're business owner right now you know hopefully by the time from someone is listening to this years and years from now you know just reflecting everything that happened but man i think this is the time to stay like very centered and understand that it is what it is right now it is what it is we got to do the best we can prepare for the worst hope for the best i know that the next few months will be intense for for I think the world that this is this is the major concern I have is just like man, this can cause not this can't it's already causing uh, a mass uh, worldwide. And today, what is today is March seventeenth that mm-hmm. we're recording this, and and the way the things are changing so 
quick right now when you say like, oh, next week, next week is so far away. You know what I mean? Seven days ahead. It's with the craziness changing every 24 hours, seven days is so far. You cannot even plan seven days ahead. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Oh yeah. We've got a, my wife and I had a uh, vacation plan for our anniversary that looks like it's going to get canceled because of this, but better yeah. safe than sorry. I don't oh, want to yeah. play with it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have any book to recommend? Maybe a book that has made an impact on you at some point, you know, I don't know if you, uh, if you like reading, if you have anything that, you know, any content they like to consume? Man, no. I, <laughs> I, I don't hardly ever read. And it's so funny. My wife loves to read. My kids love to read. Uh, but I, I honestly, when I start to read, I usually fall asleep. I've had mm -hmm. some great books given to me, like really, really good books, things I'm sure you've read. Um, uh, but I, I can say that I've probably only read front to back a few books and they're all like sci-fi things. And it's not yeah. like how to grow a business or how to better improve myself. I've got some great, you know, philosophical books at home that, you know, some of my students give me and they love, but man, I'm, I'm just, I cannot get through them. And <laughs> like I said earlier, you know, I kind of fly by the seat of my pants. I'm just that type of person. I I'm, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I'm very lighthearted. And to, to get into a book like that makes my brain work so hard. I, I just don't know if I have it in me anymore. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, you know what, I could kiss up to you and say, you know, go read, uh, go relaunching your BJJ competition. You did give me that. So I could say that, but I really, unfortunately, I don't have anything that I've, that I've had touch me. I, I know anytime somebody asks me my favorite book, it's a uh, it's a kind of a sci-fi book, and mm -hmm. it's the one it's the only book I ever remember, and it's called Watchers from Dean Koontz. Mm. And it was I love the book, but it has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you should check it out uh, at some point. Maybe an audiobook, you know, experience. Maybe try to pick something that you know you might be interested. Because I mean. Um, Audio, it's a lot comes a lot more natural to me than the reading. I do have a. I'd love to say that you know it's easy for me to read. Yes, not. I do struggle paying attention. Mm -hmm. So for me, I need to kind of re. It's it's when I do, I'm forcing like okay, I need to sit because I do prefer audio and video. Just I just absorb the material better. I'll have to try that because I I find myself when I'm reading, I'll start to wander and think about other oh, stuff. Oh yeah, I do this all the time. But when I'm working down here, I'm listening to, you know, Rogan mm -hmm. and I'm listening and I just keep working. So I might, might have to look into, there is a book that I have that I started. I haven't finished it. I'm going to see if I can find that on, mm -hmm. uh, on audio and see, see if I can. But it's that good that you listen to podcasts, you like, like Joe, that's why I asked like what kind of content because Man, Joe delivers a lot of, you know, there's recreational yeah. stuff, but he does deliver a lot of good stuff. I got a knowledgeable information, you know, really good content. Mm -hmm. you know, so podcasts is a great, it's a great tool for people who don't like to read much or just have the audio. Absolutely. And so much mm -hmm. stuff that you can get, you know, there are a lot of good podcasts out there. You know, I don't, I don't listen to podcasts uh, that often uh, because usually I'm more into the, audiobooks or maybe uh or youtube i like to see speeches mm -hmm. and stuff like that or people speaking you know, i i like videos but yeah so 
getting close to the end of the interview for people who are listening for the first time at the end of the interview I always reflect on what was said and I create an audio from five to five to twelve minutes to inspire impact and improve your life in some way so please stick around for that after the interview and now Usually I ask, you know, what are you currently excited about? What's going on? But with the corona, it's not that we're super excited. We're doing this right now. We're like, man, we're closing the shop down. That's what we're doing. But uh, um, yeah, man, besides that, what do you have to say? <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you this. One of the things that I'm most excited about in this jujitsu journey that I'm on is, you know, Parker, my daughter. Mm-hmm. She is just growing uh both as a person at you know she's student at asu she's an amazing instructor like unbelievably talented instructor the kids love her adore her and she feels every bit as uh close to them as she does i was there her family it's it's amazing to watch so watching her develop into this uh community leader this role model for the kids and i'm hoping that someday she takes over gracie arizona and takes it to a whole new level and she still finds the love in it that she does now uh that is the most exciting thing about jujitsu for me right now um she loves to compete and her mindset isn't to be world dominant it's the competition Let's see what you have for me. And if you beat me, I'll give you a hug and say, great, I'll see you next time. Or if I win, she'll give you a hug and say, I'll see you next time. So when it comes to what I'm seeing in the jujitsu and my, my feeling towards, it really revolves around her because she's just so fantastic at it and brings so much to the table. So I'm hoping that she can take it over and make it better than, than what we've done. And that new generation, that next generation that's coming up under us, you know, they're, they're going to be the leaders. And I think we've done some good things with ours and looking forward to seeing that. Right on, man. Thank you so much, Nate. And as I mentioned, being one of the trailblazers, I showed you that, that clip of you refing at my very first event was <laughs> the end of, so I put in the term at the end of 2000. So it was like January 2001. And you wanted the refs on that one. You didn't even remember that, huh? I didn't remember it at all. Oh, that was so funny. I was like, oh, I didn't remember reffing. Yeah, because you've asked me several times, but mm-hmm. boy, I'll, I'll give it to the refs. It's a horrible yeah. job. I've come to you. Your refs have probably come to you about me. Yeah. It's not a fun job. I yeah. give it to them. I'm trying to be better. It's just, nope, don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just I, I, I'm going to use this time to say thank you for saving Arizona and our competition scene because we've talked about it yeah uh the the comps that were here you know fantastic thank you for that person that ran them but they just weren't ran right and he Mm -hmm. asked me to help ref as well and i said i had zero interest in trying to make that better you you need to fix that you came in and did that and i'm glad that i was able to ref that one time with you and uh, I, we as a jiu-jitsu community owe you a tremendous thank you for running fantastic tournaments. Second to nobody. There's nobody out there that runs a better tournament than you do. It's really safe. It's just – I'm so thankful that you came in and did that. Now, I will also say when you first got here, 
I was not a black belt and you were, and I was nervous about that because I'm dang it, another black belt in town, <laughs> but it turned out to be a great blessing. So we're, we're very uh, thankful as a jujitsu community to have you in town and just want to let you know that yeah, very I, well respected. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. He's been a, a long journey to talk about this. Why I started doing the tournaments because of that. I'm like, man, this year ain't right. You know, and like, I've been participating in tournaments for a long time. And when I look at it, this is like the bottom of the list of the things that I've, that I've ever attended, you know, and it's okay. There's, there are things that we need to discount back then a long time ago, but there's some like basic things that even 20, 25 years ago, you know, uh, people were still doing their best, but, but anyways, I'm just glad that, um, able to been doing for two decades now with tournaments in Arizona, Arizona able to promote world champions and not only just world champions, but like for 20 years, jujitsu has been changing the life of so many people, people that have trained or stopped maybe because of jujitsu, they, they made different decisions that led their lives different when and in good ways good routes that means just offering the service not just us but everyone in arizona for 20 years it's a it's a huge impact in the community and it's going to keep growing you know we're going to go through a, a rough time right now but uh, for sure jujitsu is not going anywhere and we'll be growing and i think it's gonna hopefully um this just get you know um is even even closer you know i think every year the the scene here in arizona for people who don't know um has been growing a lot and it's cool that having other events start to come in town too ggf came back to to start doing a once a year which is great and our intention is to man just provide the best service possible and i i believe in, in tournaments i believe Tournaments are a great tool. You know, it, it, it's a part of jujitsu that can really help you to grow emotionally, test you know yourself, and see how how you deal with anxiety in an under pressure situation. And that is like the the biggest reason I I do my best to inspire students to compete is because of that the emotional experience that you're gonna have, and then people realize, wow, I had no idea how anxious I was in an under pressure or whatever. And then they do it again, and and there's so many besides improving jujitsu, of course. But I'm looking more in the big picture, you know, uh, uh, the emotional aspect. It's it's man, it's an incredible tool. So and thank you for for the support, Nate, for all these years. I appreciate it. But thank you, Gustavo. Yes, and for all the listeners, stick around for my final thoughts. Who's Let me share with you my final thoughts from the interview with the fourth degree black belt under Helson Gracie, Nathan Ziegler. If you're listening just to the final thoughts on Instagram TV at Gustavo Dantas BJJ, Nathan is one of the Arizona Jiu-Jitsu community trailblazers. He has owned Gracie, Arizona for over 20 years besides being the owner of Copperhead CrossFit. Nathan showed how organic was his process of making a living with jiu-jitsu. He just wanted to teach. He didn't plan on having a jiu-jitsu business. However, his classes grew, and as he said, with a combination of luck, timing, hard work, and being surrounded by the right people, things started to shape up. When I asked him about what piece of advice he would give to a younger version of himself, he said, 
Surround yourself with the right people, which inspired me to title the episode the same. I'm going to share with you a five-minute audio that includes the voices of Oprah, Will Smith, Les Brown, and Eric Thomas talking about the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people. Take this moment to reflect on who do you hang out with? Are you surrounded by the right people? After the audio, I'm going to share with you the late motivational speaker, Jim Rome's concept of the power of the association and how the concept can be used in your life. Check it out. You run around with losers, you will end up a loser. Unconsciously, unconsciously, you will pick up their ways, you'll pick up their habits, you'll pick up, most importantly, their attitude about life. If you're around cynical, negative people all the time, you will become cynical and negative. If there are a lot of negative people in your life, don't look at them. Look at the energy that you are creating to attract them. Don't look at them. Look at yourself. What are you doing to draw those people? Because if you are surrounded by negative people, there's a part of you that's willing to tolerate that. What's the difference between a gazelle and what's the difference between a lion? What's the difference? I know that they're wired different, but what's the difference? And what I discovered is that the gazelle is running from something. So as long as the lion is chasing the gazelle, the gazelle is running. But as soon as the lion stops chasing the gazelle, it stops. And that's a lot of you in this room. That's a lot of you in this room. You will run. You'll do what you're supposed to do. As long as you're getting pushed, as long as you're getting motivated, as long as somebody is encouraging you, as long as somebody's coaching you, as long as somebody's pushing you, as long as somebody's prodding you, you're doing what you're supposed to do. As long as somebody's calling you, as long as someone is enticing you, as long as somebody's giving you rewards, you're moving. But as soon as that stops, you stop. Another crucial thing that you must do is align yourself with powerful people. Align yourself with people that can encourage you, people that can empower you, people that you can learn from, people that you can grow from. That's very important. See, if you have people around you that can contribute to your growth. Who do you want to be in the world? Who do you want to be? Not what do you want to do, not what do you want to achieve. Who do you want to be? What is the kind of person when they're reading your eulogy? What do you want the words to be said about the kind of person you have been in the world. Do you know the answer to that question? Do you know the answer to that question? I'm asking that of, 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 of everybody. Do you know what that is? I wanted to be around people that were doing what I wanted to do. I wanted to learn from them. And you want to do that too. You want to align yourself with people who think like you, people who dream like you, people who want more out of life, people that are stretching and searching and seeking some higher ground in life. Set your life on fire and seek those who fan your flames. The Philly translation of that is don't be hanging with no jank ass jokers that don't help you shine. The prerequisite for spending time with any person is that they nourish and inspire you. They feed your flame. Listen to me. Surround themselves with people who are on the same mission. How many people in your immediate environment, those people who are in your sacred circle represent people who are on the same mission as you. Look at your last five text messages. Are those people feeding your flames or dousing your fire? Put your phone down for just a second and look around. Look to the people around you. Are those people throwing logs on your fire or are they pissing on it? 
I'm telling you, the negative energy will change. And when you become that force for yourself, you won't allow it. I don't care what their title or role is in your life. You just really won't. You, you just really won't. Sometimes you have to divorce your friends and divorce your family members. And if you handle them with love in doing it, they, they will come back. You will have an opportunity to reconcile. I speak from what I know. But I've had family members for whom I've said, I will not allow you to treat me this way. Changing where we want to go, exploring new horizons. So as you begin to look at this decade and affirming that this is your decade, as you set goals that will make you stretch, that will bring out the best in you, as you begin to remove the negative, toxic people from your life, as you decide to take some chances in life, and that's one of the things that's very important. This God said, if you're not willing to risk, you cannot grow. And if you cannot grow, you cannot become your best. And if you cannot become your best, you cannot be happy. The people that you spend time with are gonna make or break your dreams. Everybody don't deserve to be around you. You gotta defend your life with your life. So who are the people in your life that are fanning your flames? I have cut off the people who are not on the same mission with me. And yes, they are very upset. And yes, they said some nasty things about me. And guess what, I cut them off anyway. And I've surrounded myself with people who have the same values, who have the same mindset, and people who want to accomplish what I want to accomplish. I hope you enjoyed the audio and you're able to reflect a little bit on who you're surrounded by. If you're not familiar with the late motivational speaker Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N, look him up on YouTube, Google, Amazon, incredible content. His mentor, Mr. Schof, used to tell him, never underestimate the power of influence. You're the average of the five people you hang out the most. With that said, let me share with you his three questions. One, who are you around? Take a moment to reflect on who are the people you spend the most time with. Two, who are you becoming because of the influence of these associations? What are these associations doing to you? That's a major question to ask. What have they got you thinking or doing? What have they got you going? How have they got you feeling? What have they got you saying? You've got to make a serious study on how others are influencing you, both negatively and positively. Three, the last question is, is that okay? According to your values and morals, is that okay? If it's okay, great. If not, you need to take some action. Jim Rohn shares three options on how to handle your associations. Number one, delete. When you start working on your personal growth, eventually you're going to change some of your beliefs. Next thing, you're not on the same page and people can end up growing apart, which includes friends, relatives, co-workers. If you have a relationship that clearly you two are not on the same page, you already have expressed whatever concern you have and the scenario hasn't changed, delete. But you can say, Gustavo, it's my mom or my dad. I can't cut him off. Definitely. This is one of the most delicate scenarios and very personal. That is why the second option is great for your family. Number two, minimize. Minimize the time you spend with the association. Jim Rohn used to say, some people are okay to spend a few minutes with it not a few hours. And some people are okay for a few hours, but not for a few days. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Number three, expand, which means expand your associations. 
If you're going to expand your associations anyway, why not look for like-minded people? I'm going to share a two-minute audio from the digital marketing expert, Gary Vaynerchuk, talking about being surrounded by the right people and how to expand your associations. By the way, it's explicit content. Gary curses a lot, so now you are aware. Check it out. Here's a big one. If you're not feeling it, find new friends. I'm being dead serious about this. This one is real big for me. Who you hang out with is a huge deal. And again, these are all tried and true things, right? We've heard the, you're the whatever of the five friends you spent, like, that's real. That's, that one, put in the bank. Like, if you're not feeling it, you need to go to meetup.com and go to 10 meetups of people that are hungry. Like, it's unbelievable what happened to me when I got into the Silicon Valley world and started meeting like Mark Zuckerberg and like Ev Williams and Sock and like Travis. Like, it changed my life. This town, actually it's fun for me to tell this story here. South by Southwest 2007 changed my life because I hung out, I forced myself to go to a Web 2.0 which later became social media, the current state of the internet conference, South by Southwest. And I was looking at all these kids, and by the way, this is when tech wasn't cool. Straight fucking nerds. But they were trying to change shit. They weren't here for kicks and giggles. They weren't here to hook up. They were here to like change the world. Like I'm gonna build a product that is gonna be in every single person's hand. Like, and they have. Like the Twitters and the Facebooks and the Ubers, they did. And, and, uh, and it was the biggest impact of my career. And it's something I think a lot about now. So anyway, real practical. If you feel motivated by this conversation or you're intrigued by it, add one new winner friend. Like, you know what I mean? Add one new winner friend and cut one loser friend. Like, yeah, I know he's been your boy since fourth grade, but he sits at home and fucking smokes weed and plays 2K all day. Like, you can only love him so much. Go home, cut one, cut your loserest loser friend and go find a winner friend. Go like, go somewhere, go somewhere, like go to, like, go, go to meetup.com, go to a Facebook group, join some shit, DM the 800 people that you think are, make sure they're not bullshitting, uh, they're like doing what you want and just make one new friend. I see it, like DRock, like he's right, like, it's unbelievable to watch my team, like they get faster, they get smarter, they get more confident, right? It's real man, it's real confidence and like hunger gets passed on to each other. It's like team dynamics. It's why like a great player that sucks shit can fuck a team up. Like go audit your circle, add one more winner, decrease one more loser. To wrap up, remember to reflect on the three questions. Who are you around? What person are you becoming because of the influence of a specific association in your life? And is that okay? according to your morals and values. Is it okay? If it's okay, awesome. If not, delete. Minimize the time with the association or expand your associations. Are we really the average of the five people we hang out the most with? I don't know, but just in case, why not surround yourself with positive people? Os. We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. But the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com.
Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com.